0: What's up, everybody? It's Jason with The Ectoplasm Show, and I thought I would try to put out a solo episode. I hope you guys understand how busy Josh has been lately, and that's part of the reason why we hadn't recorded in a while. He's fully back on board, but I want to get extra content out there, and he can't do it as often, which is fine. So uh, welcome to the first solo episode of the ectoplasm show. Hopefully this sounds good. This is the first time I'm using this program to record the show. I will listen back to it in the end, of course, to make sure it's okay. I will improve over time. I would like to really thank you guys for sticking around during our hiatus. It was six months off, and we really did need the break, to be honest with you. However, we will have lots of other stuff happening with the show coming up. We will have extra special guests. Um, going to record some episodes once a month with my friend Larry, who's been on the show in the past. We're going to dive deep on some topics he's been wanting to get into. He's been wanting to do a show with me for quite a long time. We talked about doing a new separate show just him and I, but I figured I might as well use the brand, keep the Ectoplasm Show going with more content, and just bring him on as a guest host. So look forward to that coming up. We also have my friend Brad, who will be doing the same thing. He hasn't been on the show before, but we're looking for topics he's specifically interested in so that we could talk about that. Would you please go check out our network, podbelly.com? There's lots of other great shows on there. We are a founding member, and go give the other shows a chance. There's something for everybody there. Go to ectoplasmshow.com to find all of our social media links. Please follow us on all of our social media platforms if you use them as well. Also... You can call and leave us a voicemail or text us at 913-730-7255. And we'll play it on the air or we'll respond to you. And we'll talk about your comment or your phone call on the air. There are times, it's rare, but there are times that we are going to open up the phone lines. We've done it in the past and we got some phone calls while Josh and I were hanging out and it was fun. We just had a conversation with the people that called. It wasn't recorded. It wasn't put it on put on the show. It was just time to call in and talk to us. And we hope to do some more of that in the future. So watch our social media accounts for those. Anyways, in this episode, I'm going to talk about some paranormal spirits from around the world. These are ones that I've researched a little bit in the past. I'm just going to get into the descriptions of some of these. They're all very interesting, how some of them line up in different parts of the world, and some of them are completely different. So we'll just dive right into these. The first one I want to talk about is the kobold, or kobold. It's K-O-B-O-L-D. In German folklore, a kobold is an ugly, mischievous, and occasionally evil spirit. The name comes from the German word meaning evil spirit, and is often translated in English as goblin. In the 16th and 17th centuries, they were usually depicted in paintings as little devils, with a conical hat, pointy shoes... A hairy tail and bald feet in place of hands. That's gross. There are two types of kobold: a house kobold that is similar to a brownie and a mine cobalt that is similar to the Cornish knocker and the American Tommy knocker. The mine cobalt is evil and will try to cause accidents and rock falls while miners are working. But the house kobold will help with chores and sing in, sing to the children. If, however, food is not left out for them, the kobold will become vindictive, hiding household objects or tripping people up. So I wonder why there are two different types and what happened in their lives to send them down different paths. I mean, was there like... Oh, I'm going to be nice. I guess there's different types of people out there. But it seems exclusive. Like the ones in the mines are evil. And the ones in the houses can be mischievous. But are overall, they'll take care of you as long as you take care of them. Next one I'm going to talk about is... You'll have to forgive me on the pronunciation of some of these. Um, the Gasha Dokuru. In Japanese folklore, a giant skeleton, many times taller than a human. It sounds like the one that, though, well, actually, there's a few of them, I believe, at the 18 or the McKinter Villa in Atchison, Kansas. Stephanie, she has a bunch outside of her building out there great place to go investigate go check it out i hope to get back out there soon it is thought to be made of the bones of people who have starved to death so that that's curious if it's made of the bones of people who have starved to death is that like do they ground up the bones and mold it into bigger bones or is all like the like the leg like the femur is it a bunch of bones connected so that it's bigger it's curious After midnight, the ghost roams the streets, making a ringing noise that sounds in the ears. If people do not run away when the gasha-do-kuru approaches, it will bite off their heads with its giant teeth. So it's a hungry ghost in the sense that the spirits of starved people now go around, and, or they come together, apparently, and now go around and bite off people's heads. It's quite terrifying. And what would you do if you came across this skeleton? It's like many times taller than a human. Next, we go to India for the churl. In India, the ghost of a low caste woman who cannot find peace as she died in childbirth or during ritual impurity. Oh, ritual impurity is menstruation. That's weird. That's no, not weird. But um anyways, church churls are thought to haunt graveyards or squalid places and make the form of a young woman with reserved feet and no mouth. It's curious that the the places that this ghost is seen are not like the you know bright open places you tend to think you're going to run into a, a young woman and you notice her feet or you're there long enough to notice her feet I mean I know there's some I, you know, I know there's fetish people out there that just love feet I don't get it but I think they're all gross honestly do not send your feet pics to Our text line, or you will be blocked. Anyhow, I get the mouth because you're looking at their face. But are you really paying attention to their reserved feet? Anyways, they entice young men to them and hold them captive until they are old. That seems like a very long commitment. Unless they age faster. I mean... I don't know if this ghost really cares about time and how long it takes. But where are they storing them? Is it like a cave or in the grave? Or maybe it's another realm. Burying the corpse of a potential churl is said to prevent the ghost from escaping. In the fail, or if this fails, the area needs to be exercised. So I guess burial, I mean, I don't know how common burial is in India compared to the West, but maybe it's not as common and maybe it wasn't as common when this ghost type was not made up, but, you know, started to be believed in. A Puka, P-U-C-A, a spirit in Irish folklore that is said to be both helpful and mischievous. According to lore, the Puka, also known as the Puka with P-O-O-K-A, can change shape and is often seen in the guise of a black animal. That's interesting. It may favor humans and protect them from evil. And even perform household chores such as cleaning and tidying. What is, like, there's several types of spirits or fairies that we won't get into today that like to clean houses. At least maybe they, maybe they don't like it, but that's the only way that they can get fed. I don't know. It says he may favor humans and protect them from evil. And even perform... Ho- oh, I just said that. Anyway, sorry. Such as cleaning and tidying, but people who are not grateful when incur his anger. In English folklore, Puka is known as Puck, a household spirit who in medieval times was thought to be particular malicious. Puck is also known as Robin Goodfellow. Robin Goodfellow. Like the bird or... And Robin Goodfellow is said to be the child of a human girl and a fairy who has the ability to change into animals and play tricks on humans. I wanna, if you could change into any animal, what would you change into? Uh, acquiring minds want to know. Wild Edric, E-D-R-I-C. According to an old Shrofshire, Shrof, Shrofshire, Shropshire, Shropshire, that's that's what is, Shropshire legend. Whenever England is threatened with war, the ghost of an Anglo-Saxon fighter, Wild Edric, And his followers ride out from the old lead mine where they dwell to do battle with the enemy. Makes me think of Lord of the Rings and the return of the king. The ghostly soldiers always ride off in the direction from which the opposing forces are coming from. Well, I mean, that only makes sense. They were last spotted just before the start of the Crimean War. In the 1850s, Edric is said to be dressed in green clothes and cloak with a white feather in his cap, while at his side rides a beautiful woman, also in green, with long blonde hair nor, known as Lady Gada, G-O-D-D-A. According to legend, Edric was a real person, the nephew of Edric Stronana. Elderman of America, it is, and it was he who led the men of Stropshire when they rose against William the Conqueror. He was never defeated, but eventually made peace with William and settled down with Lady Gata, who some say was a fairy wife. Interesting. I, I wonder why it hasn't come out. I mean, maybe... Maybe his forces are no match for the new types of combat that have been around since the 1850s on. Maybe we'll see him again. Hopefully not soon, but um, the world's kind of crazy right now. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe Wild Edric can come out and fix the world. Baru-baru, baru-baru, the baru meaning the sound of shivering. I love the winter. I love the cold. Uh, I actually enjoy shivering to a point. Anyways, there's a terrible ghost from Japanese folklore that for reasons unknown is said to lurk in forests and graveyards in the form of an old person who is sometimes One-eyed. Like Cyclops. According to legend, it attaches itself to its victim's spine and causes a chill to run down them. Oh, funny. Or in the worst case, cause them to die of fright. That's quite the difference between a little spine chilling and death by fright. And it's kind of weird. If I see an old person in a cemetery i'm not just going to assume they're the Baru Baru unless they have one eye and then i'll be more focused on that than worrying about how cold it might get the domovic this one's from russia in Russian folklore, the Domovik is a spirit with a gray beard that typically lives behind the stove in every home. There's not much room back there. He must be pretty thin. I mean, maybe he lives in the wall, maybe, you know, cuz he's a spirit, he's can pass through things. So maybe he's really tiny. It says he is always referred to as the grandfather or he never by his personal name. Traditionally, it is the spirit of an ancestor that founded the family and it moves with the family from house to house. So I wonder why they can't use the name then. I wonder why they came up with the name Domovic. And I wonder what it actually means in German, not German, sorry, Russian. Too bad. It doesn't say here. Um, the Domovic is believed to watch over the family Keep evil spirits away and occasionally help out around the house. There it is again. They're cleaning. If, however, family members do something that displeases the Domovic, it is said to resort to poltergeist activity that can include burning down the house. I mean, that's got to be pretty severe, right? If they're there to protect the family or they're there because it's their descendants, they have to do something pretty bad to deserve a house burning down. Maybe it's a restart for the family. I don't know. It seems pretty pretty severe. I don't know if most families would be able to survive that. At least without a major restart of their life. Well, the next one, we go back to Japan. It's the Nurikabi. 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 In Japanese folklore, on the island of Kyushu, the Nirakabi is said to be a walled poltergeist. A wall. W-A-L-L. Poltergeist. It appears as a large white wall with a pair of small arms and legs. Wow, that's pretty creepy. In front of people while walking late at night. If a person attempts to pass the wall, it may fall and crush them. And if attempts were made to run away from or turn around from the wall, it will reappear in front of them. According to lore, the only way to escape the phantom wall is to hit the bottom of it with a stick and it will vanish. Like, so that's basically, so if it has little arms and little legs below the wall, you're basically hitting it in the balls or the vagina I guess I shouldn't assume it's gender. And it disappears. I would say that that's probably true about anybody or anything that stops you while you're out for a walk. Uh, It says, The origin of the Nukarabi legend is uncertain, but it may have developed as a way to explain delays. caused when people got lost or went out walking for the long time without reaching their destination. So this is an excuse you can use to why you didn't make it to work. I didn't have my stick to hit the Nukarabi in the balls. The tokalosh, tokalosh, T-O-K-O-L-O-S-H. A semi-human black creature who is supposed to live in rivers and other water courses. The Takalash is believed to be cruel and revengeful and is sometimes called upon by people to cause trouble for others. A witch doctor may be needed to banish him. Most of the time, only children can see the Takalash. And in contrast to its behavior with adults, it shows kindness toward them and is not usually for friendship to develop, or is not unusual for a friendship to develop. The Takalush myth is of uncertain origins, but well known and feared in most southern African countries. Most people lift their beds high off the ground so the takalush cannot reach them. Some people are afraid to mention its name. Uh-oh. The Takalash can also become invisible, and when it vigorously haunts a person or a sight, there is a strong similarity in many of the actions of that of the European poltergeist. Well, I'll let you know if the Takalash comes to visit me, since I've said it 15 times already. Oh, back to Japan. Translated as Haunted Lantern in Japanese folklore, a bakochin, is a lantern inhabited by ghosts. According to the lore, the lantern has a long tongue and wild eyes and is home of, for the ghosts of people who died with hate in their hearts. For this reason, they are doomed to haunt the earth for all time. If someone should see one of these haunted lanterns, it is thought that a hateful ghost may leap out of it and attack with its long tongue. I added that last part, but it sounds pretty kinky. All right, over back to India. The Vitala. In Indian lore, the Vatala are not spirits of the dead, but spirits that are believed to possess corpses. It lurks in the cemetery, snagging fresh bodies for reanimation. So zombie. It turns the hands and the feet backwards, delighting in the shock value of its appearance. Vatala love to tease the living, but if they feel so inclined, they may also guard their villages. So they're good zombies. In some respect, the vitala resembles the vampire. But it is distinct from most traditional vampires and that can reside by day in the corpses of others, whereas traditional vampires tend to shun the light. But vampires are quite different than a zombie. That didn't mention anything about, like, drinking of blood or life force or any of that it's just taking a body which is I guess a zombie would be your body turns into that a, a most zombie the most zombie lore I guess has you physically dying and coming back so I, I would say it's probably closer to zombie than vampire unless there's something that they didn't mention here the Minoko Minoko, that sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that one before, before I read this and got ready for the show. Uh, In Japanese lore, the Minoko is a ghost that resides in inanimate objects, is found in temples, shrines, and graveyards, and likes to scare or even kill people. Priests are thought to be able to drive it away by reciting Buddhist sutras. According to Shinto belief, all things, including inanimate inanimate objects, have their own unique spirit, kami, which gives them life. So that's kind of like the whole, um, God, I can't remember the name of the word, or the word for the meaning of everything has a spirit to it. Everything. Like from your pencil to, um... You know, your TV or the microphone I'm recording on here. This microphone likes me. It's happy because I use it all the time. But the microphone that I have in a box over there that I've only used a couple times since I've had in the last ten years is probably mad at me and it would probably give out a worse show if I used it. That's the kind of example that um, I can't I can't think of the word of what what that what that theory is. I know probably some of you guys out there know what it is, and comment or call in with it. Now we go up to Finland for the Liko, or the Lyko, L-I-E-K-K-O, which means the flaming one, is thought to be a small flame-like apparition that bobs at eye level and presages death or mishap for all who see it. Often being mistaken for the light of a welcoming farmhouse. The Liko, or Liko, is reported to be the spirit of a child who was secretly buried in the forest. But another version of the story explains that a long ago New Year festival had children singing while marching through the village holding candles above their heads. The custom ended, which is, or when it Sorry, the custom ended when a witch kidnapped the children who were never seen or heard again, save for the form of their lost souls wandering in the marshes, still holding their candles, the flames of Lyco. Since they can only return to earth by replacing one of their number with a living child, Mothers warn their children never to follow the lights. So these are little lights out in the woods or, or anywhere, really. A tall and terrible entity called Jack and Irons that is said to terrify travelers at night on a lonely paths and roads in Yorkshire, England. Jack and Irons is called... So-called because he is covered in chains. Folklore has it that Jack was a criminal who died in prison during a time when prisoners were kept chained. That's all they have about that one. I wonder, I wonder, like, the chains drag behind him. I wonder how covered in chains he actually is. This one's fun. At least a fun name. Spunky. S-P-U-N-K-I-E. According to lore, spunkies are sad and lonely ghosts. Aw. The spirits of unbaptized children. They're said to be found on both land and sea, wandering in search of someone to provide them with a name. With the... I guess... I guess... I mean... I. I'm a little familiar with baptism, but I don't know if this is true or not. But the way I read this is you're not named in the eyes of the Lord until you're baptized. Is that true? I mean, that's the only thing to me that would make sense about the way they worded this. In Scotland, it is said that spunkies sometimes gather together in groups for companionship. While legends from the English West country state that they can take on the shape of white moths, which flitter about unnoticed by the living. It is thought that these spirits are doomed to wander the earth until judgment day, but every Halloween night, coming up, they can be found in churches meeting the spirits of those who have recently died. Has anybody out there investigated a church? I have actually. There's one for sale. My buddy Rob and Justin, they have the 1904 haunted church in La Harpe, Kansas, for sale. It's very active. Um, check it out. Should just Google it. You'll find some, you know, video from investigations there, including. Uh, I don't think I've got my videos up yet from that, but I will. Back to Japan, Shoujo, the traditional Japanese ghost from the form that hots the open seas. They are said to have flaming red hairs, the redheads are always evil, but intend no harm to humans. They are supposedly addicted to drinking, dancing, and merrymaking, sounds like most redheads I've personally known, because their favorite drink is sake. Some Japanese traditions hold that the spirits may be caught by luring them on land with a jar of liquor. Forgive me for asking this, because I truly don't know. Are there any true redheads in the Japanese race? I I really don't know. I can't think of any I've ever known or seen. And movies or photos, I I'm really curious. I I didn't know that. Like a red red hair is genetic diversion from, and it's not that that makes it bad. All attributes are genetic diversions within races. Is that is that something that can happen in Asian cultures? I guess Asian cultures overall. I don't know. Don't take offense if you're a redheaded Asian person. I just, it must be rare, right? Here's another Japanese one. Uh, The head-eating ghost from Japanese folklore, the Kabikajiri, Kabikajiri has a distinctive smell that of fresh blood and is said to lurk around graveyards at night searching for its head. I go to graveyards often when I'm out driving around exploring, including at night. Um I've never once seen a ghost in a graveyard or had I've I've had a couple weird things happen in graveyards, but I generally don't feel that graveyards are haunted or Let's just say, you know, well, you guys know me. I look at things differently in the paranormal field. I try not to quantify what something is or give an explanation or a theory what something might be. Well, theory is one thing, but I try not to make a determination of something in my head. So when I talk about ghosts or spirits, I'm not necessarily talking about dead grandma, but I'm also not necessarily talking about, you know, something from a different realm i am open to all possibilities but let's say for instance for this argument that it's dead grandma if they have a choice i don't i do not see why dead grandma would be haunting where her body is not where she was living unless they don't have a choice or they're attending to someone's else's grave or body I've never I thought that I've never understood the possibility of why a graveyard might be haunted. There are perfectly good theories and reasons why they could be. But I think I'm more on the f- side that it would be less likely to run across a traditional ghost in a graveyard than elsewhere. Personally, all right, back to the Kabukijari. So they lurk around graveyards at night, watch, searching for its head. So it's another headless ghost. If it can't find its own head, it will try to eat the heads of anything, living or dead, that crosses its path. So it's another head-eating ghost. You would think that that would be pretty you know, reported on if all of the sudden people started coming up Headless in graveyards. It would almost be international news, I would think, if it happened often. Oh, this one sounds interesting. The Undine, or Undine, the U-N-D-I-N-E. The Undine is said to be a beautiful, ghostly female spirit that wanders stretches of water in many European countries. The ghosts are believed to be those of young women who died by drowning, having only committed suicide as a result of a broken love affair. Although they are tragic figures, they are said to mean no harm to anyone except ungrateful lovers. So it would be their ungrateful lovers or any ungrateful lovers? Uh, Who knows? I wonder why a spirit would end up out in water unless they died out there. Unless it's a punishment of some sort, maybe. All right, the kiri. Or the kiri. K-E-R-E is how it's spelled. It's Greece. It says a spirit spirit of the dead in ancient Greece. It was thought that kyrs or kiri's, were spirits that escaped from the jars used to contain dead bodies when i read this earlier i thought that was pretty interesting did they actually have full-size jars that they stuck a whole body in are they talking about several jars that hold different parts of bodies i mean i know a little bit about ancient greece i mean i guess it's more folklore about the gods of ancient greece but I'd never seen that before where or read that before where they gave a description of jars that they kept put bodies in after they died. It says once free, they would devout their energy to upsetting the living and inflicting disease and illness. Rituals and incantations were methods used to exercise them along with the painting of sticky tar on door painting of, I spelled that wrong here of sticky tar on door frames to catch them and prevent them from causing harm so apparently these ghosts can't go into a house without touching the door frame which doesn't make any sense to me if you're painting it on the, unless it's etherically catching them somehow I don't understand just putting it on the door frame. Maybe the step on it? Maybe it's on the bottom of the doorframe? According to Russian folklore, the Rusalka is a spirit of a maiden who drowned by accident or was murdered by drowning. She haunts the spot where she died. She is not particularly malevolent and will be allowed to depart in peace if her death is remembered or avenged. Rysalki, which is the plural of Rysalka, are also beautiful river nymphs with long green hair that are said to inhabit small islands in southern Russia where according to lore, They try to help poor, hard-working fishermen. I bet those fishermen really look forward to the green-haired nymphs that are super attractive, according to this. It sounds like mermaid culture. Ah, Native American ghost. The archery, or archery. A-C-H-E-R-Y. So it's not the archery, it's the cheery. Achiri. In Native, if, in Native American folklore, Achiri is thought to be the ghost of a little girl who died of disease. Legend has it that Achiri is a frail and pale-looking female spirit who lives on mountaintops and hills. At night, she travels into the valley to spread infection, disease, and pain usually to children by casting her invisible shadow over innocent sleeping victims. It is thought that the color red affords protection against this entity, and amulets of red thread worn on necklaces will protect children from the disease. A cheery brings similarly in European folklore, red charms are used to protect against harm from evil spirits i have to dig into the color red. I, I know it has to do with blood because if you see a red door out there, you know, it's a kind of a popular thing, or at least it was at one point. Now there's, you know, it's kind of popular to paint your door, any color other than white or black, but the red door traditionally comes from a religious background. So, Painting your door with animal blood in ancient times was thought to keep spirits from being able to enter your home. And that's where the red door came from. That's why a lot of churches have red doors. Most people that put in a red door, even churches that put in a red door, have no clue that that's where the tradition started and what it was born from. But if you have a red door, it doesn't really do you much good if it's not real animal blood. So if you're trying to protect your house from red door or from spirits with the red door, it's not going to work. And I wouldn't advocate going out there killing animals just to paint your door red. I'm not anti-hunting, don't get me wrong. Um, But I, I don't think it would be a good use of your time. So I got one more here and it's actually kind of in a continuation of one of the first ones I talked about. And I like saying it, it's the knockers. Spirits that haunt mines, especially tin mines. This is the same as the cobalt, but it's kind of more uh, this is more general covering all the types around the world. They were thought to frequent the tin mines that formed much of the local economy in eighteenth and nineteenth century Cronwall. Knockers are also called bukas, Gathorns, Knackers, Knickers, Nuggies, Snuggies, sp- Spriggans, bluecaps, and Cuddy Somes. In American folklore they are known as the Tommy Knockers. Great book. Okay, maybe. As well as mines, the knockers are thought to haunt some wells and other natural features. Which, along with other names for them, suggest that they may have been a wider use for the term to describe supernatural creatures. According to folklore, the knockers are friendly and willing to help miners in trouble... But they can also be mischievous if food and offerings are not left for them and payment and respect is not given to them. It has been suggested that they are ghosts of Jews who worked the mines or the ghosts of Jews who crucified Christ and were punished by being sent to work underground. They are also named because of the knocking sound they make when they work. According to the lore, They are extremely hard workers. They are often linked with rich lobes of ore, so miners always listen closely when they hear the supernatural knocking. From time to time, knockers' laughter and footsteps can be heard, and if they manifest, they do so in doll-sized form. Creepy. Strange tricks were often played on those who offended them by whistling or making the sign of a cross. And a miner could find himself led to potential dangerous places in the mine. So they don't like whistling. I wonder where that comes from. Belief in sightings of knockers have died within, with the tin mine industry. I don't think that's true although they are still thought to haunt unused and unworked tunnels in some quarters so there you have it that was fun right at least i hope it was kind of informative if you don't like this solo episode please let me know i won't i'm going to keep trying to do them just to keep getting content out there i want to get as much Content for you guys As we can get out there I know it's not the same Without Josh here But I hope you like the episode So please Go Leave us a review somewhere Leave us a review on iTunes Or Podbean Or wherever you listen to the show Go to Ectoplasmshow.com And And Go follow all of our social media accounts. That's the best way to keep up with us outside of the show. Call or text us at 913-730-7255. Go to podbelly.com. Check out all the shows there. And thank you guys for listening and sticking around for the six-month break we took. I got a lot of stuff coming up for the show and for you Go to Patreon.com, find the Ectoplasm Show on there. I've already started to convert it to Ecto Plus Ectoverse. Um, I deleted one of the tiers, the $5 tier. So if you're at that tier, please know that you can either, you can leave it at $5. That's fine. But the Ecto Plus will be at the $8 level. It's currently at the $10 level, but I have to make some adjustments to get it down to the $8 level. I actually have to delete the $10 tier and recreate the $8 tier. So over the next week or so, I'm going to do that. So if you see, if you already are a Patreon member, a patron of ours, thank you very much. But if you see that you are no longer in one of the tiers, because when I delete it, it'll take you out of all the tiers. And I'll create the $8 tier immediately, the Ecto Plus tier. Just go to that and select it. And if you want to leave your donation at $10, great. It won't change anything. You'll just need to select that tier to get the posts when I post to get to that. Um, If you're at the $5 tier, please consider adding the $3 to the level To get all of the exclusive content. And plus. That exclusive content. We are no longer going to post. Regular news episodes. On our regular feed. It will be. A Patreon. Ecto Plus exclusive. Monthly episode. With Josh. For every news episode. At least once a month. You will get a news episode. With me and Josh. By being a part of. Ecto Plus. i still leave the dollar level on there if you just have a dollar that's great we'll give you a shout out on the show and we will send you a sticker pack and we still appreciate that just as much as the higher levels i selfishly am leaving the 25 five dollar doctor's minions level tier on patreon there You will get an exclusive shirt with my face on it identifying you as a doctor's minion if you sign up for that level and you'll be able to show it off and hold it over everybody else. All right, guys. We will be back soon with another episode of the Ectoplasm Show. I'm getting two out in a couple days here and I didn't know if I could make a full-length episode by myself out of this and it looks like that I'm close to an hour which is great maybe i'm close to 50 minutes which is close enough to an hour so thanks again guys please stick around and have a good day